0: Hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that was extremely formal. I'm not wearing a tuxedo as I record this, but I am about to get on a plane and I'm very tired and I am hoping to get through this introduction with, uh, without screwing anything up. Um, welcome to episode 12 of the JV club shout outs, Twitter, Beck, Jesse P, Russell R, Jenny, uh, I think you're up in Canada. Sad billionaire, are you up in Canada too? Um, I know I said I was going to give some love to the marvelous, marvelous, marvelous people who've been leaving iTunes feedback, and I I just... I'm so overwhelmed by the the wonderful, wonderful remarks on there that I'm just going to start things out with the iTunes shout outs by just acknowledging the first handful of people who really jumped on there and got the feedback train started uh, very back when I did my my first episode ever. So, um, and these are funny names for me to be able to say, and you know, I like to say people's handles. Uh, Katis, uh, Bobo Puppyhead, (laughs) H Bomarama, Jerry Jer, Kate B, Cassidy. Love you guys. Um, I also needed to just acknowledge uh, some ridiculously amazing emails. I'm just a puddle of tears over these emails, guys. Robin and Danny and Erica, um, Kyle, B uh, or Bea. I'm not sure um, if, you say, if you say B or Bea, but uh, your Facebook posting uh, and yours, Liz, and yours, Jen, on the JV Club Facebook page and uh, and Kirsten. Um, and also Rebecca Lord on Facebook every week, you guys just kill me in the best way. Um, Jessica, you always send lovely emails. I mean, come on, you guys, I I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I feel like we just have this wonderful community of people out there and I it just makes everything better. It just makes everything better. um, I also wanted to just say I'm super excited about Burning Love, uh, which is the web series that I did. Uh, I know I've mentioned it on intros before, so just check out burninglove.com. That's premiering at the beginning of Mar- uh, of March, really? I'm not giving you that much advance notice. I'm, it's, it's premiering in June uh, with an amazing cast. And, um so that's happening. And then, of course, I'm super excited to have Marilyn Ricegub on this episode. Uh, you might know her from 24. You also might know her from uh, a spectacularly cool indie um film and television background. She's an amazing stand-up comic. Uh I just think she's so fantastic. And um I strongly urge you to check out her web series, which is uh at dirtywork.com, D-I-R-T-Y-W-O-R-K dot com. And now let's listen to Marilyn Rice Cub. Thanks, guys. Now entering nerdist.com everybody, there's a special lady in the room. look she's a three namer she's a three namer guys. It's Marilyn Cub. Maryland, where are you from? Michigan, Trenton, Michigan, south of Detroit and um and uh, did would you characterize your your adolescence as as a happy one or as a strange one or as a great one? Well, what I was it? thinking about for a second,
1: if I may who's what's Brandon's last name comedian snappy dresser black Brandon Oh Brandon. Brandon Johnson? Oh, yeah, Johnson. Why did I forget that? I just recently saw him and I hadn't seen him in a while. Another person that I've known for years but, like, not ever really hung out with so much. Mm -hmm. Except when we were were drinking and doing drugs. That's Uh, not really hanging out. I guess it isn't. Because it's not quality time, really. Yeah.
0: You think it is? You think it's bonding and then maybe not not so much.
1: So I actually asked him where he was from. And I was like, I've always admired you because you're a snappy dresser. And it took took me until my late 30s to realize oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't wear a dirty men's T-shirt from the thrift store to an audition and like my tennis shoes and maybe brush my hair. Right. That's how I would go to auditions. And he started laughing and he goes, oh, I remember I saw you on stage and you were doing this great white trash character and then you got off stage and it was just you. And then they're like, oh, Mary's going to roll with us or whatever. And she's like, that's just her and you're in real life. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. And then I inside, I didn't really feel bad. I was more grateful for the honesty because I was yeah. like, he just said it. Yeah. And it's true, but I never heard it on that level where, I mean, I knew I was scrappy uh-huh. and poorly dressed uh-huh. and had no social skills, but... Uh, I mean, and also hate, and also hated casting directors and producers.
0: Not well. That's purpose. what I was actually going to say. I was going to say is that part of it because it because if there is there if there's part of it that feeds into the kind of defiance of.
1: Well, I think there's a wrong side of the tracks and a right side of the tracks. I think there are people, and a lot of people I hung out with, I affectionately say, I mean, they're some of the the best kinds of people who are have to fight their way through everything, you know? Yeah. And then there are people that are just sort of maybe born in LA or I remember meeting a girl who like came from a lot of money and some showbiz music royalty background. And she was just like, Yeah, I just decided I'm going to be a hairdresser. I just decided I'm going to start a pet line. But she had this confidence of, like, this can-do that comes from a life where you feel like you can-do. Sure. You see, that's what, I just came into everything, like, you know, fuck them. Sure. And then you realize, like, what the point... The thing I was saying before, which I got sidetracked, was, like, when you're in a casting director's office, it took me until I was well into my 30s of, like, oh, they're on your side. Right. Everyone wants... To help you really Because I used to go in there And be like F them Like they don't get it Or you're just Yeah As a defense By as like a, a breakdown yeah. Like a character yes. breakdown And you're like That's so not me It's like it's doesn't it
0: has nothing to do with
1: you. Yeah, no, but <laughs> Take I, it easy. I
0: totally agree. And I think, I do think that that it's that protection because there is, because there's a lot of disappointment. So if there's disappointment, then you want to protect yourself against it. And that quickly kind of disintegrates into us versus them. And then it's like just me versus everyone. <laughs> and <laughs> nobody is a human being with feelings anymore. They're all just out to get you, which fightin is like and a very weird, like the Irish, and like the and Irish.
1: everybody else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, so, so, uh, yeah, so obviously you weren't from showbiz royalty, um, no, um, in Trenton, Michigan. But my son will be. Am I right? <laughs>
1: high five! Running high he five. He is gonna.
0: He's by the time he's six, he's gonna have his own clothing line. <laughs> Probably includes a line of sneakers. I mean, if I know anything about fashion, yeah. it's gonna be like some hipster kid sneakers
1: with like pictures of Bigfoot on them.
0: Big time! Big time! Bigfoot. Maybe the name of his line. Some smart plaid. Big time, some big. big foot, time. I like it. Right. I'm making notes during this. Um and so uh so what so yeah, so I asked you what you felt like. I mean, that's a real broad question. Like, how did you feel your adolescence went? But you know, some people are like, oh, I was a pretty happy teenager I or a I was question again. Yeah. sorry to interrupt. Yes. When does the uh pedicurist get here? <gasps> oh, so sorry. Um I think i told her like about 30 minutes in can
1: we start soaking our feet now
0: oh yeah you didn't All notice right. the tub down there oh yeah shoot. dip your feet in dip Is in it still hot uh it's it's not that hot i didn't want to burn your tootsies i like it really hot. i apologize for using the if word tootsies I mean.
1: tootsie. yeah
0: are you hitting on me
1: i'm gonna call you tootsie not as a toe but as like a cute lady i love it you can use it for toes i'll use it for
0: You'll use it for Judy, the Judy. character of Dorothy Michaels. So that means in I'm hitting Tootsie. on you, and you're
1: hitting on my toes. Weird that you have that fetish. I got a toe thing. I feel like I never really tried to show my true feelings about anything, and that. Uh,
0: well, that's I, definitely not still happening right here on the podcast. And I kind of, <laughs> I
1: kind of like. Got by. Like if you saw me, you'd be like, "Oh, she's cool." Like she's weird. It was almost like I was just waiting for the next part of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I like the theater. I did like swimming, which I kind of hated, but I did it anyway. I didn't really like. Oh, you're
0: a swimmer. You're the first swimmer I've had on.
1: I did everything to. Like, I had that ego or that sense of, like, if I got a C, I'd be like, okay, I guess I'll try. But I didn't really care. I didn't really f- find anything s-
0: so stimulating. Were your parents, was, was your parents, ex- was their expectation of you? Were they together? I guess that doesn't. No, my parents
1: are still together. I always felt like we were a classy family.
0: Mm-hmm, we were a class mm-hmm. act. And so that,
1: you know, you have to up, uh, uphold a certain uh, decency, certain uh-huh. common decency. I never, like, drinking was forbidden, obviously. Oh, I'm sure okay. most people, their parents aren't going to be like, this is awesome. But my parents didn't drink. They used to smoke. Oh, okay. They, sm- they quit smoking later.
0: But, so that was... Why didn't they drink? I mean, did they, like... Alcoholism uh-huh. on the... Uh, the so they knew side, that mostly. that they knew that that was a possibility, but it's interesting that they both agreed on that. Cause that's a huge thing in a relationship. Like yeah. if one does and one doesn't, that can be a huge yeah. issue. There was a real
1: stranglehold on that
0: and yeah. no- nobody really talking about it so much. And did you feel like, y- did you respect and understand that? Did it make you want to do it more or well, did it? I was it-
1: going to say that I, I didn't really start drinking or anything until in my early 20s. I had a couple of like isolated incidents, but I was always really scared of it and I wasn't really drawn to it. So I just kind of like kept to myself as far as that stuff was concerned. That's
0: interesting. It's interesting that they succeeded in that way because so often it seems like when somebody kind of, you know, when a parent asserts a strong opinion about something, it can make you go like, I've never Uh, wanted to do this more now that I know you don't want me to. I think we all,
1: I have two older sisters that are six and seven years older. Maybe they had small run-ins with drinking, but for the most part, I think we just wanted to make them happy. That's kind of great. Yeah. Until I then left when I was... 2021 i went to san francisco for two years and then came to la
0: and did and so when you did you said you had a couple isolated incidents in your 20s and then did did you go through a phase where you were like oh wait where has this been all my life or were you always just kind of like Um, about drinking
1: I thought you were asking about my isolated incidents, which now I'm thinking about, which was building a tent in the backyard with my two friends and then sneaking into my parents' liquor cabinet, which was just, like dusty and no one went in there. Just yeah, I was gonna filling say filling a tumbler of uh, Tupperware tumbler, p- drinking it. Ew. Yeah. Plugging my nose, drinking the whole thing down, and Oof. then then there was about one and a half seconds where I got up and I was like, ah, and I was laughing, and I did a classic just fell straight down on <laughs> my face and then 10 minutes later started violently vomiting Ugh. and then had to clean it all up like without my parents knowing and at that yeah. time i was like i didn't use the washer you know and i'm like cleaning spanish rice off the thing like, <laughs> so shame so filled with shame oh, you know yeah, waking we up were a and classic like, family with uh did I, yeah did i do that and then Then there was one other instant for me like where other people seemed like great with it. And so I just thought, oh, you just do it. Right. You know, people were like smoking pot and drinking like that was kind of me like a classic just like dork, but like saving face all the time, like not letting on, you know. And then I think at that one I drank three quarters of a beer and took like one hit of pot, and again at the party was violently vomiting. I had <sighs> to make somebody get me a trash bag, which was humiliating. And then they made fun of me. It was like a swim banquet thing, and then they they made jokes. And then, but my parents didn't know. So the whole like time I was like, I'll get humiliated, embarrassed. Like worst thing at, that ever happened to me. <sighs> and they knew, but they probably just didn't, you know then it sort of like faded away and we never talked about it.
0: Yeah. Well, that'll do it. I mean, if there, if you, if you, if you're two four ways in or that unpleasant. Yeah. I mean, you don't, if you don't have that kind of person who's like, I think about the, I didn't do that much drinking when I was in high school. I did some, but, um. but you know, having those friends who are like, this is like, let me show you how to have the experience rather than like glug, 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 immediate yeah. puke. Yeah.
1: I think there was one other time where I had some cool friends where we listened to, like, The Cure in a basement with candles, so it was, like, dark, and then we drank a little. This was a happier experience, okay, that didn't end in vomiting. Yeah. And then we, like, drank a little, and I rode my bike home, and I was, like, totally
0: buzzed, and I was like, oh, my God, that was awesome. I'm and even then, more immortal than a normal I am immortal. Feels.
1: My wings came out, and I flew home, and then, yeah, never... And then and probably never until I was like 22 or something.
0: What did you... Uh, I'm just going to focus the rest of the podcast on your sw- your swimming, your illustrious swimming career as a, as a high schooler. Because I felt like... I don't even... Rem- I mean, there must have been a swimming team. I'm having a hard time picturing if there was even a pool at my high school.
1: There probably Could it wasn't. would have been indoor. Oh, unless there was
0: and you just never, ever went there. I remember knowing a guy who was a swimmer. What, so there must have been a pool. I went to school in Tucson, but I'm just—I can't even imagine where the pool was. <laughs> that's so weird.
1: I can imagine where mine was, and that there was a Pink Floyd lyric written on the wall. Was there really? What was it? Wait, no, it was. Uh well, nah, it'll come to me later. It's—it was actually a line from David Bowie's "Changes."
0: Okay, that's absurd. <laughs> By
1: the pool, unless it specifically has something
0: to do with the pool no it was just like somebody sitting up in the bleachers like I'm gonna write this out everybody needs to know about this um did you swim as a little kid and then it became I don't know why I'm fascinated by competitive swimming in high school I really don't know anything I don't know anyone who did well
1: it's kind of a weird because it's not
0: a team sport Mm -hmm. like I never
1: I ended up going to uh, art school I mean I did have a group in the theater a little bit but swimming is like you don't really learn coordination you don't really i mean you do get team stuff i'm not not to offend anybody who's really getting a lot out of the swim team and i did but it is about like personal records and stuff like that it's not like i never really and that's also just my personality i never really got sports on a team level or what people it was fun being on a team with girls for sure but i just yeah you're alone your head is underwater.
0: (laughs) It's so interesting. It's a weird sensation. Yeah. yeah. Like,
1: uh, there was this thing on 60 minutes. I don't even think I watched the whole thing, but it was on Michael Phelps. And it was just this one second of the coach going, get in there, get in there. Like him hesitating. Right. You know, the most masterful swimmer of all times. And there's still that moment of standing and like, okay, here I go. Yeah.
0: Underwater. (laughs) alone yeah um what were did you date a lot in high school you know what
1: i like to paint the picture that i'm a weirdo but i had quite the roster of boyfriends hey one after the next that's really I, back that's to where back. i started with my serial monology. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, serial monology man, man- 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 you,
0: man- man- you were a serial manigalist man- yes thank you <laughs> i always forget how to say that word Ah, you're welcome um, really? That is interesting. Yeah. I can't uh, believe you're uh, outing yourself as a successful romantic dater in high school. If you have yeah. perpetuated the myth that you were more awkward than you were. Who were these princes among um, men? We got, we got Charlie, who was my
1: neighbor with braces Boy and, next door. and big. Mm-hmm. The first guy I had sex with
0: Charlie, Charlie,
1: very. Uh, we were more friends than lovers. I would say, looking back on it, he turned me on to
0: Jethro Tull, and was the first
1: guy I smoked pot with.
0: Were you neighbors? Like your whole, like growing up, your whole yes. child that you stayed in the same. You were in the same house and kind of knew him forever.
1: Yes, but I knew him more than through school than as a neighbor. Then there was the guy who, let's trace it through music, who mm-hmm, turned mm-hmm. me on to love it. Who was really into like the Stooges and David Bowie and did Shiggy your top
0: t- when you, when you say that they, that they kind of turned you onto music. Did you feel yourself kind of transitioning into only liking that stuff or were you kind of picking it up as part of the collection? Does that make sense? Like, were you like, were you more influenced by the boy and the bands and kind of going through a phase where that was all you listened to and loved? Or were you like, Oh, now I know about this too, but I also still love this, this, and this.
1: Um, it was like living vicariously through people who could turn me on mm-hmm. to stuff that I liked.
0: Yep, I get that. Um, okay, so so the second guy was going to introduce you to what? He was more punk rock. Oh, right, Iggy, Iggy, and Iggy Problems, Stooges. And, mm-hmm. he, Did the way you dressed change as you listened no, to these different types No, I didn't have enough
1: courage to really go the full punk rock. I think I spent the f- the very first day of eighth grade because the middle school was like seventh and eighth grade mm-hmm. this really intimidating overweight like punk rock girl big she was like oh so you're punk rock because i i borrowed my sister's like cut off hot pink sweatshirt and
0: like <laughs> i love that that's wore, punk rock.
1: i don't know i think i may have worn a headband <laughs> and like big earrings and wore makeup that day and that just petrified me right back into like there was only one other incident where I used I had a bad hair gel thing, uh-huh. but I was too late, so I couldn't like
0: wash the hair. I had big hair issues, big hair issues. Was you, so you mostly left it alone?
1: Your yeah, hair. I had was to. It, and I had short hair. You had
0: short hair. I had short hair. I got to see some of these my, pictures.
1: I know my mother kept it short, and like I don't really remember my sisters ever really having long hair so much either. How short are very, we talking like, about?
0: 80s boy short like boy short and then i had like a curly perm on top Ooh, it sounds kind of go go's ish somehow it was more stray cats ish oh huh? if you know what less like a pompadour
1: fantastic no it wasn't fantastic. no it wasn't okay it was terrible <laughs> but i had like really thin hair i mean i still have really thin hair but What's uh on? and yeah it probably would have helped if i just grown it out
0: yeah but i didn't know it's interesting that. that your mom had yeah that you're even even then right your mom was like my mom had short hair too yeah so that's what you knew that's what yeah. you understood that's what we that's what we did that's what you did yeah, that's how it household. was done okay so so okay so boy two was uh was kind of iggy pop punk rock stooges
1: and then he, oh he also thought he was um um the guy from the doors jim morrison mm-hmm. and he th- he thought he was a cross between him and sid vicious and so he would like drink a lot and then he kind of broke up with me by m- making out with the real punk rock girl, like in front I, of me. And then I, I don't was, care like, for uh, that. But he was the guy, he would like walk over my house and knock on my window. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you have that? You got to have some guys who knock on your you window. You know what I
1: did? I went, go away. <laughs> I like kept doing it. And you I was weren't like, out climbing of here, out
0: of the window to go know. take a ride. I
1: thought about it. And then I was like, no. But the yeah. thing was, I did have that like, oh, like I was magically into him in that super dramatic way. He did it. Way. He succeeded.
0: But that personality but that succeeded. was like a
1: little too far. I was like, okay, the window thing. That's why he had to go for the real punk rock girl. Because I was like, too far. That yeah. It was a line.
0: Yeah. Um. And then who else? And then... There was the guy who did
1: pottery and oh. had numchucks. Oh, my. Dug a pond in the backyard and his mom read the tarot cards.
0: Oh, he was what kind of pottery well was he? Read. Did he have a wheel? Was he spinning? He did. Who is this guy? Just... He sounds more like your college professor until. Like, yeah. No, until he, he until you said that his mom. He, he, he thought he was my college professor. huh was he older like was he when you were was he how old was yeah he?
1: but i i guess i can't remember did he already graduate and i was like a senior at that
0: point what kind of music was he into don't remember that either probably weird. what if you're like Huey lewis in the news <laughs> <laughs> that'd be well, that's a that's a right term in their, uh, like um
1: what's his name who is that guy that sings with the
0: <laughs> tom Waits? <Yes>, <laughs> good that's right a pretty good job thanks um, we all knew. We all said Tom Waits at the same time. Everyone listening yeah. knew, too. Good job. And then there was the guy that I really fell in love with
1: who I think is sociopathic. Not, I, can't, I f- It's weird. Yeah. Because I feel like I'm outing him, even though you will saying never his listen name. to this. I'm not going to say his name. Yeah. He came after me through a paper into the classroom. He grew hydroponic uh, pot in the lizard lounge, which was the basement of his parents' house that he had a lock on. He called it the lizard lounge. Yeah. Love he it. He was the first
0: one to give me. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that, which was filthy. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So that, so that was
1: my first. real yeah, I don't even
0: remember the first time anybody did. That That was yeah. my
1: first real s- sexy time sure. stirred up in me. Sure. The rest was like real innocent. You yeah. Know, before that. So I think I was a junior at that point and he threw the uh, paper and his handwriting was like he threw a page, you, it was so, wait, you're in a classroom really smart, and he and threw really a paper high. at you is that yeah. what you mean he saying was like, hey.
0: like like it was crumpled up in a ball and he just threw it at hey. you? and it was
1: a note like I'm into Floyd Zeppelin <gasps> da, 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 da. and the writing was like <laughs> I was such like an artifact of like I don't know what this means yeah like it was completely foreign to me like Floyd Zeppelin and I was like those that must be music <laughs> like it could have been anything it yeah it could have been a sports team or, i was just yeah. staring at the paper going what who who is this crazy person who just by the handwriting and the balls to like throw it
0: in there but were there other people in the class was it a class it was yeah, in I a don't session all like, i
1: remember all it's isolated all i can remember well is it's very the paper, it's opening crazy. it and going here's a world.
0: Yeah, that I know nothing. About. And he was like, "Look, I just dig you. I wanna like." How did he? Yeah, and
1: I tried to play it like cool. I mean, he knew I wasn't fucking cool at all, you know. But I was like, went and looked up all the right? shit that he wrote in there. And then, which I was, by like, the way, Whoa. back then,
0: what did you have to go to the library? Like, there's no I internet. Went to the there's no <laughs> and pulled out
1: a record, a long playing album. Uh. But my one of my best friends back then was Lisa Stock and her sister totally listened to those bands in her room behind closed doors and smoke would come out and we would just be terrified it was like acdc and black sabbath oh yeah oh and, but wow, now yeah. a couple years later i'm like i'm ready to dip my foot into that pool sure i mean i never went you know i hung out with them watch i played by the way i want to just point out that you said you're hour.
0: ready to dip your feet in that pool i wouldn't have made that reference because i of course was not on a swim team oh see yeah these are the connections How that get happened? made on the jv club that yeah. change your life forever um and so, did you? So you? Did, how did you respond to him? Like, did you crumple up a ball of paper and throw it back remember. at him? How does that even? Good question. And then let's get into why he was a, a pseudo sociopath. Was he strange, like with you? Um, or did or could he have just created a whole character for you that just to be interesting to you that wasn't even no? Authentic? He was
1: highly. Intelligent and sort of angry and compartmentalized. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he was sleeping with another girl when he was with me because she would completely put out, and Mm -hmm, I didn't. mm -hmm. And then I found out about it
0: but this he would lock a himself in so his room. So this is interesting because this is a different guy and then other guy also like wanted a little more out of you with the knocking on the window and stuff and you were like, you that's uh, he crossed the line and then he had to make out with some person who was more like hardcore in that direction somehow or in the yeah. punk rock direction somehow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so you were so like playing with fire a little bit but you would get to a point where you would be like, be like I'm, okay. not, I'm not altogether that
1: person. Thank you. Learning things on the J right? Club. That's what I did. That's what I do in my life As I go, I'm going to get crazy until I see my line of mm-hmm. where I would really lose my mind or, or do something horrible mm-hmm. but I certainly played with played with fire.
0: Yeah. Pottery, I didn't uh, cheat on you as someone did he?
1: No. I can't believe I, I skipped past pottery him.
0: guy so fast cuz I'm I, real I, fascinated by I him. I
1: broke up with him and then he gave me all this journal that he wrote about me.
0: Oh, that's priceless. Which you at picked that some moment, real great characters. I don't most of my guys that I dated in high school were not this uh, much like the characters out of a book, I'm loving all I'm, these guys I'm loving them too. I dated I'm a guy who drove a beetle like this is my version. It's so pathetic, like the guy who knocked on my window, yeah, drove an old beetle, had a yeah. uh, horrible skin, yeah, and um the notes that he would write to me were borderline homosexual in the yeah. sense that they were so they were so. He had such feminine handwriting and he would draw flowers and stuff. It's possible. He's gay. I, he wouldn't be the first guy that came out after yes. date, you know, that at some point, yeah, say yes. Yeah. Just from the feminine, handwriting but that's and like, flowers. that's not pottery, you know, pottery. That's just, did you guys do the nasty? No. Okay. What no. about the makeup? I only had sex with one boy in, uh, in high school. And after I've said this on the podcast before, but after I did and we broke up, I didn't do it again for almost a year. Which is weird because you would think that if you cross that line, that would then be... Bring it. I mean, or just that you would be like, this is part of what you do when you go out with someone. But I dated people after that and I just never wanted to have sex with them. Which makes me think maybe I had it too soon for myself. Whatever. That age is for anybody. I was 16. Oh. And I think um, maybe it was too soon for me. I don't know. Otherwise, it's just interesting to me that I would not do it for so long afterwards, but still date. And then like kind of... Be ready again with a particular guy in college. Weird, right? Yeah. No. Yes.
1: Yes and no. Maybe. I don't know. I will say that every person I dated, I thought like I'm in love with them and it's gonna last forever.
0: Yeah. Every time. Almost. It's every so time. passionate back yeah. then. It's so like. Yeah, it feels like such a big deal, and interpreting every move and everything that gets said. I never. And, and I don't know a lot of people who
1: d- like date like normally like you know when you see in movies or occasionally I'll meet somebody that just like dates and goes on dates and I'm like what
0: is that yeah I don't I've not had that either even just the idea of like listen I'm just dating yeah I'm listen I'm just dating a lot of people right now or, or whatever that, or that go meet
1: somebody at a restaurant and right. you put on clothes and you'd go there and they would buy you dinner <laughs> that's you get a pedicure together you, you on get, your first date wait a second have
0: you been watching million Matchmaker you guys talk about Matchmaker. each
1: other's tootsies and Patty Stenger's like it's a like, great way to get to know someone <laughs> on your first date
0: why would you do that uh, um, no I agree with you I agree with you I don't that's never how I met anyone um, but um, yeah what was that making me think of oh so then so then did you have a time when like was there a time you can kind of remember and identify when you looked back on all of those relationships and said Or did you do this every time And said that wasn't real But this is real But was there one that actually felt like Okay none of that was real In terms of like real love Like this is love And this one time This thing is the first time I'm really feeling it That now was the most convoluted husband, question
1: it, With my husband is the first time Nothing else
0: has, nothing been else has ever mattered this
1: point uh, no, I think that I continued to do the same thing. I just gave a seemingly sarcastic answer, but it's sort of true. I think the whole thing has been an evolution of like oh, wow. I continued to do that well into my twenties with the through throughout the comedy and music scene of Los Angeles. Sure, uh, sort of evolving along the way, and I think you know, certain ones were worse and more serious because of their craziness and certain ones were better and more mature, but that each one was a step into where I am now, which is by pure accident and luck of like some sort of intuition or instinct on some very deep level because going into it was not like... Again, when I meet people, for me, when I meet people who are like, we dated for this many years and we're planning on getting married in
0: this time. And we're, pl- that does not, that model didn't ever really life, work for no. you. That is so interesting. The, the idea, I love what you said about the sort of deep intuitive level that almost it would have to be that because you were never going to choose it on, a, on, on your normal, like regular surface yeah. level and I of tried choosing to people. Like right before I met my husband,
1: I was dating a guy
0: who I was like, okay,
1: he's, got a job he's about to get a better job he just bought a bmw which sounds um um surfacy but for me that was like this guy's responsible and he's he's I get that and he turned out to be the biggest like jackass mama's boy not mm. a nice guy maybe he is a nice not just not a cool guy and i was like wow that really blew up in my face and again this was like not that long ago for somebody approaching being middle-aged you know it's like really yeah are you still 20 and then my husband was somebody that I was really liked him from the get-go but was like oh this is not serious like this is just me completely rebounding and acknowledging that I'm just gonna have fun with this guy and then the, the the instinct part comes in later when I'm, you know, meeting his parents at like eight months pregnant. Hi, nice to meet you. (laughs) And realizing that like where he came from and his background is very similar to mine. So it's, that's, that's the instinct part of like, I would have never picked that guy. Yeah. On paper. And I sort of was like, oh really? You want to date me? I got out of of defensiveness, but did really like him. But was, everything I told myself was like, this isn't right. This isn't going to work. And then it ended up being like, amazing.
0: That's so incredible. And what, what was your, because of your relationship with your parents, I mean, just hearing that you seemed to care enough about what they thought that you did want to kind of please them or you didn't want to embarrass them. Um, or that, you know, even just the fact that whatever they told you about drinking or some of their values impacted you in the way that we talked about, which is that you weren't necessarily like, Oh yeah, well screw you. Um, how did Did you? I mean, did you? Did you? Did your? Did you you feel like your parents recognized your pattern, or did you feel like they were like? Were they into the guys that you would bring home to meet, or were they like, oh, Mary, or what? You know what I mean? Did you have a sense of that?
1: I don't think they really. uh,
0: I I don't think they really. Were they not paying attention because you were the baby, and they had already had two other daughters and gone through? No, it
1: wasn't really. I can remember there, there was definite opinions about them, but there weren't long discussions. It was like liking them or not liking them. Be careful. Be home at this time. It wasn't ever, you know, marriage talk or, but you know, they were pretty respectful of me as much as they could be Um, of my choices, mm-hmm. I guess. But there was, not wasn't a lot of, guidance necessarily. The same with like college. Like I think I was supposed to just get a job. You know, like the fact that I went to art school was a real like. What art school did you go to? Something that I figured out uh, in Detroit and then the San Francisco Art Institute for the last two years. So when you say art school, what was your emphasis? It started out as painting. And then by the time I got to San Francisco, it was more like performance art. Like I think I have a degree in fine art. I don't know if I ever received the diploma. But, I love uh, that. I'm, I may I'm always be like a... one class short. I just got to the point where I was like, graduation's coming up. I, th- I don't know if I ever.
0: What am I going to do with this degree anyway? Yeah. Like, so how I does like, that play in? I yeah. think I have all the things, but I yeah. don't know if I went back and checked. Where's Where's San Francisco Art Institute? I'm, I'm, I'm On Chestnut. Next oh, to it's Lombard. that beautiful building. Yeah, really beautiful. With the beautiful view, it's where really you can kind beautiful. of go. I love that school. It's My amazing. friend Martha Harris went there too. It's really quite um, beautiful. It's a gr- it's a great little tiny campus of a building kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I, uh, that was one of those places where I don't even think that I knew that it was a college, but I just, when I was in San Francisco, I would just wander in anywhere that looked yeah. interesting. Because San Francisco sort of, I mean, that was kind of who I was anyway, but then San Francisco kind of gives you the feeling of permission in that way too. Like, oh, totally. just amble around in the city and like poke your head in and no one's, like, if you're not meant to be there, someone will just kindly tell you get out of here, but it won't be like this. I used to just weird, ride the buses rule for breaking. fun. Totally. Same. Same. And, uh. And yeah, and I remember like the first time I just went, what is this place? This is cool. And it yeah. was open. And so just walking around and seeing the the artwork on the walls. And I'm such a huge fan of fine artists because it's it's one of those things where I feel like, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I feel like I'm like, I'm all right at, you know, a few different elements of the creative side, but People who could draw, my friend Martha, who went to uh, the San Francisco Art Institute I knew from fifth grade on, and uh, and she could just make anything out of anything and, like, would sculpt stuff in FIMO and would then make jewelry and then all of these yeah. things that I thought, all right, you know, if you tell me I have to sing a song, I know what to do. I can't translate any thought yeah, i have in my the head onto thing. paper
1: being able to like sing a song holds that same mystery i'm sure for people who
0: yeah i yeah i guess it's just whatever you understand and no do you still um do you still paint or do you still do that sort I of do, side of that I, I
1: i'm not really the type of person who can make anything or do anything i got to the point in my studies um i know this will be a shock but i lost my patience like you know it was figure study I was like oh this is intense class and you buy the right pencil and the measuring things and don't come to class unless you have the right paper and you have a model and you measure it and you draw the bones and I was like whoa getting into it and then I just was like okay I'm, I see what it would take to do this perfectly and yeah. I don't care so I did like all the basics and then I was just like, I
0: got go to go <laughs> Meltdown, an meltdown,
1: And then I started yeah. going to like open mic poetry rooms in San Francisco. And like that became much more interesting to me. It was just like in at whatever, everything, Is, my, my energy, my, yeah. where my
0: thoughts were, I was just like uh, attracted to. Performing. And was that sort of your way into c- comedy quote unquote? Yeah. Too? I was doing uh performance
1: art at, bars in San Francisco because I, I guess like the comedy clubs were closing so there'd be something at like the Brainwash Cafe or the, the Chameleon in the Mission Sure. and so people would have these open mic rooms and there'd be, I remember there was this one transvestite poet, poet and I was just fascinated. Like you're standing on stage reading your poetry and I just loved it but then uh, Patton Oswalt would go up but I didn't know Sure. Patton at that time I just thought wait what? And that yeah. was the first time it was like, oh, he's a comedian. He knows his persona, so you'd get all different types of. But it was just like the solo performer on stage that was like endlessly fascinating to
0: me. I, I don't. I, this is an Ill, ill-formed question, as many of mine are. But I'm. I. It's interesting you said that because it makes me think. I guess when I think about the L.A. comedy scene or the alternative comedy, you know, if you need to get more and more specific, like the very specific L.A. alternative comedy scene. Um, now it feels like it's I guess I sometimes feel like it's so ironic and it's so inside and it's so it's like the last thing there's room for is anything that kind of is more like poetry or kind of more like performance art or just feelings or things like there's a like that sometimes I feel like there's a mm-hmm. fear of authenticity in that way or a feel like I mean do you would you agree with that or do you feel like did you ever feel that way when you're kind of when you're in a in a more more standard comedy community where you're like, wow, this is just so straight ahead, kind of like um, yes and no. I think I know what you're saying
1: in terms of, you know, people's sarcasm or like everybody being in on the joke. But for me at that time, it was such a needed form of self expression that it was like so amazing to me and and now i don't really i couldn't really comment on it now because i've sort of like had my experience and now i'm not you know i'm not really out there doing
0: it i feel like
1: you're more versed in like comedians
0: you know what i don't even right know now. if that's true and i don't know what I'm saying. i mean i look at someone like reggie watts and i he doesn't fall into that category i just described at all i guess i just feel like sometimes 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 the world of stand-up comedy can can be more about like walls and rules than the right. comics realize that they're doing um as a community than like just kind of talking about being strange or yeah. i was always attracted to the more authentic like almost
1: in between the jokes like mm-hmm. people's personalities yeah me too more than i mean i was in awe of like people's joke writing and their intellects but the things that i love are the personalities that come through so but i do think even in that it can get narrow-minded you know and i would say way you know in the 90s i used to be like why would you go to a dumb comedy club you know everything i did was like alternative because i didn't understand because i think what of what you're kind of talking about is because at a comedy club, you don't get let in because you're right. just inundated with
0: like joke craft yeah. and the Punchline, punchline, punchline. Uh,
1: but funnily enough, I'm now for the first time doing comedy clubs and and trying for that type of crafting because I never did that. And I never would do the same thing twice. I never knew when the last was gonna come were gonna come. And it was amazing, but it's also kind of exhausting because you're run by your own neuroses and you're sure. like I'm a genius. That was the greatest thing ever. I'm the worst person ever, which is not an uncommon
0: experience for a comedian. But for me, there was no, I never did. Yeah, like you, could, you weren't allowing yourself any consistency. Yeah. So it does become super erratic. That makes total sense to me. Um, it's funny because when you said that it reminded me of of just talking about those moments between jokes and stuff I think that that's I just uh, did an interview in in an interview with someone who was talking about podcasting and talking about stand-up comedians having podcasts and I was like And I said, you know, I don't – I mean absolutely no disrespect to any of these amazing comedians that I love who are doing great, great material, but I like listening to their podcasts more than I like seeing them do (laughs) stand-up because that's just what I like. And I think that's one of the cool things about podcasts specific to stand-up comedians, which obviously I am not, but I love – I love the stuff that just... Like, if you're a funny person, you could be an artful writer and be amazing and have an amazing act. But I respond more to just hearing you process thoughts out loud as they're coming to you. Yeah. Like, that's so, so engaging to me.
1: Well, that's what I always loved doing that on stage. Because I would be so happy when that would happen. Yeah. That I would think, oh, they're happy that that happened too. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes they would be. And sometimes in very alternative rooms where I knew everybody they would be yeah but that can also translate into a laziness of like well how about just write an act right but then that you know i think there's other in, the ends of the spectrum because then that act could be if you go down that road that can be akin to like you know busking where it's like i'll do whatever it takes to just keep your attention <laughs> look right. at me your right. boobies right you know, your your penis are right. you still paying attention there's like that uh which is a certain skill but I think it's like finding, I don't know where like you can have the craft and the writing and the act that then affords you to be able to to go off in between. Yeah.
0: Just giving yourself a place to land if you need it, you know, even it's like the difference between that and just kind of free, free falling. Um, uh, you, this is, I don't usually talk about, um, current career stuff, but I, but I guess I, and you've probably been asked this a million times. so You don't have to answer, but I guess I'm, I guess I'm wondering from your experience doing 24 cause we never really talked about it, even though I saw you when you were on the show, if you felt like it was, if there was a part of you that felt like it was interesting and strange to suddenly be recognized as this very specific thing that really doesn't have much to do with a lot of yeah. your work outside of that show. Like, was that something that you struggled with or was it just like, listen, I'm on a great show. It's a great job. It is what it is right now or whatever.
1: I mean, I loved every second of it because it, it made me take myself more seriously. It made me feel like a real actor, you know, gave me money, gave me confidence, gave me attention. So all those things are great. Um,
0: Which isn't to say that you weren't working a ton before then. It was just a very different
1: world of work. and And now that I'm like getting back into comedy or, you know, it's a weird thing to like be on a television show. For five or six years to the point where you're, you know, I spent the first three years going, oh, I'm going to be fired. And then, you know, you're like, okay, I'm I'm doing this. I'm a professional actor. Uh, If I don't admit it, then I'm just, you know, an idiot. So I guess this is what I'm doing. And then when it ends, you know, it's going to end. It's sort of bittersweet because you're enveloped in this comfort of like this regular thing. And then, you know. It it's okay because it's just like it could turn into like a star trek thing where there's certainly a hunger for it not to compare it for any 24 fans and
0: any <laughs> freak
1: out but you know what i mean where people Absolutely. are so so identify with the character of that show it could have gone on forever yeah which would have been great too but then there's a part of it where it's like okay it's over it ended at a pretty sweet time and you know, it, it was getting back to what you were saying it, it, that it, it is just a part of me, really. And I was yeah. lucky enough to just go do this part and be like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I don't have to. So then when you're doing stand up, it's like, wow, it's you're everything's out there, you know, yeah. especially now where I'm like, what? I'm leaving the comfort of my home to go into this club and like put my ass out on the line, oh. especially having been on TV. Yeah part of the people recognize me. And then the people who don't are like, what's her problem? You know, <laughs> of course I'm like reading into it, but you walk on stage going, okay, if I don't acknowledge this, people are gonna be like, what's Chloe doing up there? Right. And if I do, I'm like an ass. Cause they're like, oh, she's talking about being
0: an actress. Right, so right.
1: it's like, what am I and do you feel
0: like and, – and 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 it's not necessarily the kind of character in the way that, you know, if you'd been on a sitcom, it's like right. Michael – I'm using a terrible example in the sense that Michael Richards obviously is like a, an inflammatory figure. But, you know, if it was if – let's take it away and say, for example, if it was Jason Alexander, I'll just move over one character. People would be like – they would expect George, but they would expect funny right. in, a very, in, in a very Seinfeldian way, whereas what you were doing on the show wasn't necessarily like, oh, this translates into me having an expectation that she'll do stand-up, and then this right. is what her stand-up will be like. But well, maybe that's a good thing. Right. That and I, yeah, I just kind of have to more embrace wide open. what it is
1: and, and enjoy it, which I'm learning to, but
0: um, yeah, no, it is, it is enjoyable. It is. And how about this whole being a mom thing?
1: Look at this one. You like, better squeak that in there. Hey, how about this. Uh,
0: listen, we're uh, almost at an hour. Uh, how was that? How's that going? Uh, it's it's great. Um, it's great. Is it something that you saw for yourself? What I mean, no, I know that the all. actual pregnancy wasn't necessarily in the moment. Something you saw for yourself. I but- mean, I
1: guess I always thought in the back of my mind, and maybe again that goes to this uh, intuition. You know, I I actually had a couple friends who were like you did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really did not, but I acknowledge I was not on the pill and I, you know, I wasn't taking precautions. Um, so maybe there was a part of me that was okay with it, you know, when mm-hmm. it was a certain point, but, but I, in no conscious way was I like, Oh, I can't wait to be a mother. This yeah. Is, I, I, um, and it was pretty rough for the first three three months, six months, even the first year uh, but now it's uh pretty
0: sweet. It's, pretty sweet it's pretty sweet will you insist that he join the tw- swim team
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you still go swimming? Yeah. do you still feel i get really everyone's going to be like Janet, seriously, you've honed in on swimming like your life mm-hmm. depended on it
1: no i uh, recently, we just stayed in like a hotel that had a really nice pool, and I bought like a cap and you know goggles. Hey. And I was like, "I'm gonna do some laps,"
0: <laughs> and I probably did about 15 laps, and I was like, "All right, did some laps." I'm still a swimmer. Yeah. How did you like the ocean? Did you ever go to the ocean? Did it translate over so that? Yeah, I I do. I love it. Um, I don't like swim laps in the ocean, and I have the
1: what you were talking about of like you have to. When you get hot, you know you're just like I don't want to go in there. But then once you kind of get into it, then it's yeah. like awesome.
0: I'm kind of still weird about swimming in the ocean. I feel like I don't belong there. I have that thing really a little bit where I'm like I should sh- probably should. You need be a here. forced uh, ocean exposure vacation. therapy. Yeah, maybe because it's true. I never for vacations. What are you? psychology student? I do not have a degree in psychology in any way, shape, or form. Um, um but um. But yeah, I kind of do have that about the ocean. Yeah, I do so kind of feel like I, I'm not, I'm not, not supposed to be. An <laughs> oh crap. I'm sorry. I should have, I should have let you know that I, if I misrepresented myself as a licensed psychologist, I really <laughs> owe you a huge apology. Oh, that's what it was. I was listening to one of your other podcasts and- where I said I'm not in any way licensed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I probably say that every time. Um, yeah. I just feel that way about the, have you ever been like snorkeling or scuba diving?
1: yes yeah, snorkeling is great i went scuba diving once i had the crash course uh teaching in a pool the day before yeah and so i had a panic
0: attack when i, I was would under i think there. i think even if i had rigorous training i probably yeah. would have a panic attack it's something about weird. the breathing like yes that's when exactly i'm told what about t- taking the shallow breath every time someone says like you're gonna have to control your breath a little bit i'm like oh no 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 no. i probably won't that's be able exactly to do that what it is and yeah you are exactly right you would, yeah you get under
1: I started feeling like, do you ever have a bad, like, drug yes. trip where yes, every yes, other yes. second you're like, okay, everything's okay. And then you're like, everything's oh, yeah. not okay. That That's what yes. scuba diving was like, all right, I'm going to maintain. I'm no, I'm not. I'm going to fucking freak out. <laughs> everything's okay. Everything's no, it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. And then, then you're like looking how, how fast. How long I can did get that,
0: out. how long did you do that? Like, how long was your scuba diving experience that you had it to was kind like of an go afternoon of, of, of
1: you, I, I think you would go down for like, 10 or 20 minutes and go back
0: up. Uh, Where was this? Where was I? I'm fascinated. (laughs) Where was I? Somewhere. Okay. Was it beautiful? Like were you you sort of in a beautiful place where you're like, I want to be able to enjoy this, but I'm not doing well. It's unbelievable. But that's how bad the panic is. Yeah. Because you're like, come on. It's amazing. And it is, you feel like, it's like magical. I can understand that. I'm almost getting tense it. just talking about it because it's so easy for me to picture trying to talk myself through. Like Varney, stop this! Look it, it's beautiful. You're safe. Let's do it. Let's sign up. We for can do scuba this scuba diving lesson and just panicking, like panicking. Yeah, it's a recipe for panic. Snorkeling, would I be able to manage that? Because it's different. Yeah, you're always
1: you're only on the top of the water. You come up anytime you want. Well, I mean, scuba diving, you. Yeah. You come up whenever you want. It's, yeah, it's it's safe. You know, you're not going to go down farther than you can't get
0: up. Right, especially if you're
1: new and you don't
0: want to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna scuba dive into an old abandoned pirate ship and somehow get trapped in like an old Where safe. The alligators are in there.
1: there there's a <laughs> couple like of that. sharks. Couple of alligators.
0: In the dark tunnel. Yeah, with only one door
1: out. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. You, in, and even knowing that, it's still terrifying. Like you could pull everything out and get up, and you
0: you know that but I want to I want to draw some sort of much deeper more intense parallel to life with Please scuba do. diving but I just don't know if I can do it I guess I'm just going to have to be on the surface of the water looking down at all you deep people down there able to conquer your fear because I'll tell you right now we are not going scuba diving
1: I appreciate the children that you, that you spit on as yeah. they try to change their world yeah. are immune to the, your consultation they're <sighs> quite aware of what they're going through chit chit changes that's
0: Please quote tell me that was yeah. <laughs> oh, MLR well Brought played. It home. I you know what um, we're at uh, an hour and I have got to find out where the pedicurist is because this is bullshit. she never showed up and your feet are your tootsies are wrinkled prunes yep. at this point. Um, I hope that at least 5 people write me and say, "Did you really have a tub of warm water and were you guys really going to get a pedicure?" The answer is yes, and the answer is so As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.